0: We're learning, we're learning the are in Yonash al-Toros ha-Chasidus from Lubavitch Rebbe Slusi Alayno. On page 24. But now the Rebbe is beginning to explain what is the Nakuda the Kuda Atzmas. What is translated here is the quintessential point, the essence of and the Kuda Atzmus, from which the other reasons grow out of that, the Kuda Atzmus. What's the Kuda Atzmus of, of Chasidus? It's on page 24. It is self evident, for reasons which later will be explained, See, this is one central point. It is a singular and indivisible core, which is not a composite of various particular ideas. It's a single, indi- singular indivisible core. Sh'einim sham. Now, since all of the distinctive qualities mentioned in the preceding definitions that we learned. All the ideas that Chassidus was Mechadish, and also in numerous other explanations, are different. There are many different explanations of what's the Chiddush, of what Chassidus was Mechadish, so one must conclude that these qualities do not define and capture the essential nature of the teachings of Hasidus. That what we've learned until now in the Maimon, the different the different chidushim of Hasidus, all of those do not define and capture the essential, the muhus of of Torah Hasidus. at footnote 12 when the Rebbe says here there are other there are also other explanations of the Chiddush of Chizidus so he brings from the he brings from the Sefer HaSichas mm-hmm. look at footnote 12 Sefer HaSichas Kites from Gershon, that Reb Bear, a distinguished of the Tzamech was asked by a group of questioners, what is Chassidus? <clears throat> Though the questioners all agreed that Chassidus was a godly philosophy, they sought to know what advantage Chassidus had over Kabbalah and philosophy. Reb Gershon answered, Kabbalah describes the spheres, the creative attributes and manifestations of God." While philosophy explains how God is beyond description and definition, how one cannot really understand him at all. For if one were to know God, he would be God. Chassidus, however, maintains, know him and become like him. Know him and become like him. Through the effort of actually understanding God, understanding Elokos, one becomes like him. So this is also a chiddush of Chassidus, which we spoke about. And still the Rebbe says that this, this also, this other, this, this new explanation of Chesidus, does not define it. The, funda- the fundamental nature of Chesidus, back inside the text, the fundamental nature of Chesidus is a quintessential point, Nakuda atzmus, which is completely abstracted and removed from any particular ideas. However, it is by virtue of this quintessential point, page 26, that all the above-mentioned special qualities exist and are derived. And we need to know these different qualities and the chidushim and what chassidus does. But we, st- we, we need to understand, and that's what we're going to learn now, that all of these are derived from that Nekudah atzmus, from the quintessential point, the Nekudah atzmus of Chesidus. This quintessential point of Chesidus, as discussed earlier in the Maymer, which is based on the Maymer of the Rebbe rashab, is the effusion of a new light. (laughs) Hamshachas or chadash, the effusion of a new light, from the innermost level of Keseh and yet higher. We're going to talk about all of this in a minute. An effusion, an effusion from the innermost level of Atik itself is the level of the Ein Seif, the infinite, that is found in Radla, Reishis de Lovis the head or beginning that is not known, turn the page, Let's just go let's just finish this a little bit and we'll go into the notes and talk about it. It follows then from this very idea, which was elaborated in the Maimur of the Rashab, that all of the distinctive qualities of Chasidis, which are explained in various places, are but the ramifications of the quintessential point. For since Chasidis is the extension of the state of Ain Self, it is self understood that Ein Sof is the essence of Chasidis. And all other particular aspects are only ramifications and derivatives of it. So the Rebbe brings from the Rashab, the Nekuda Atzmis, the quintessential point of Chasidis, is that it is an Ur Chadash, a new light, a new light, an Ur Chadash, which is Nimshach from Kesir. From the highest, from the highest point of eloquence, which we'll talk about now in a second, and the orchadish that Hashem, Hashem, brought into the world for the end of time, which we'll talk much more about the end of al Mashiach and the Ma'amar later on. To understand, let's learn a little bit the notes. Let's go back to footnote sixteen. Of course the notes here only touch upon the union of Keser and within Keser, the Madragas within Keser which is a very very big subject in in Chassidus and the Rebbe is explaining that all of Chassidus is derived from this from this Nakuda Atmas. what is this? so look at footnote 16, on page 26 footnote 16 Kesser, literally the crown. In Kabbalah and Hasidic literature, Kesser refers to one of the most transcendent levels of godliness. It is the crown or level that transcends the ten so-called spheres, creative divine attributes and manifestations of God. The spheres are divided into two categories, Seichel, Chabad, Chachma and intellect, and midos, emotions, chesed, gvortifers, netzachayt, yisait, and malchus. The ten spheres are the source of, and parallel to, the ten powers of the human soul. Just as man reveals himself through his attributes, or their garments, machshava, dibor, and maise that's how person reveals who he is, similarly, God reveals himself through his attributes, the spheres. That's how we know Hashem, and that's how He reveals Himself. And that's how we are revealed. There are four worlds, or basic levels, each of which is a general category of divine manifestation, ranging from the highest level, where there is total unity with God, down to this lowest physical world which we inhabit, where the infinite is all but concealed. Each of these four worlds contain numerous sub-gradations, also described as worlds. Now Keser is the level which transcends all worlds. Keser transcends all worlds and which is the crown to the spheres. It is identified with God's supernal will. Keser is always identified with Hashem's Ratzel, with Hashem's will, <coughs> which links God, the infinite Ain self with all His finite created worlds, for an intermediary is necessary in order to link the infinite with the finite. So that intermediary that links the infinite with the, with the finite is keser, is the crown, which is the will of Hashem, the rotson of Hashem. It's the same thing within us. An analogy. The essence of the human soul itself is beyond all description. It is neither intellectual nor emotional. How then does the soul express itself and give rise to intellect and emotions if it entirely transcends these realms? As in all of Chesidus, and we've been learning this for months now, all that is taking place in the Ilamis is taking place within us. So the essence of a human being, the Nikud atzmis of a person, is beyond all description. It's not a matter of intellect, and it's not a matter of emotion, it's called Kesser. So how within ourselves is there this crossing over from the undescribable infinite essence of the soul to the intellect and to the emotion, to to Chabad, to Chachma bin Adast, our intellectual kochos and our emotional kochos of Chesik Natsach, Natzahi Yasid, Hojisad and Machus. How is this, how is there a crossing over from the so called essence of who we are? the Nakud the the Atmis of the soul, which can't be understood, which can't be explained. How does that cross over? That which is transcendent, that which is infinite within us, so to speak, how does that how does that then express itself, that infinite Nakud of the neshama, how does it express itself as it does? How does it cross over into the finite reality of each person, with our emotions and our thoughts, how does that happen? What is the what is the tr- transition? What is that point of moving from the infinite to the finite within ourselves? So the answer is Kesser. And more, more specifically, it does so through the faculty of rachon, will what I want. Now, Rotson is a general power not limited to, to any particular part or function of the body. Unlike all the other spheres and levushim, which are associated with particular parts of the body, or functions of the body, Chesed, Raymina, or Rasmol, and so on, the right, the left arm, legs, the bris, the chulu, Rotson is kesa, the crown, which is worn on top of the head. It's a general power, not limited to any particular part or function of the body, but is all-encompassing and unlimited. And through and though rotson is still not the essence of the soul, but only an extension and reflection of it, it is the first state of movement from the pure soul to the faculties which express it. Rotzen Will is the first state of movement from the pure soul to the faculties which express it. Thus, it is an intermediary between the essence of the soul and its faculties. Now, every intermediary must contain two parts. The factors it shares in common with the two levels between which it, it mediates. Every intermediary must have the higher part from where it's coming, and it must and it must also be able to reach the lower level to which it's descending. These may be described as one, the head of the lower level, the Rosh, the Rasha of the of the lower level. That's one and two, the lower part of the upper level. The head of the lower level, and the lower part of the upper level. That's where that meeting is. The lower part of the upper level, and the higher part of the lower level. That's where there's the crossing over. Likewise, in Rotzen, there are two parts. One, Rotzen, an external aspect, and two, Tanug, delight, pleasure, tanug, the internal aspect, which is the motivating force of all activity, including ratsan. Tanug, oneg, is the motivating force of everything, including what the person wants. There's this deeper tanug that the ratsan is seeking to satisfy, that the will is seeking to satisfy. It's from the... Let's, let's finish it a little bit more. It's like there comes... That, and the, but the shorosh of that is Tannu. Hence we can understand how Keser, God's will, is that which links the four worlds with the infinite God. And similarly in Keser, there are also two levels of Ratzin. The external, the external Ratzin, and the internal which is Tanug. The external level of God's will, which transcends all worlds, is called Arach anpen. And the internal level is called Atik, and corresponds to Tanug. So the external level that extends, which is the beginning of movement into, into the essence, into, rather into, into the soul, and into our world, that's called Arachantin. The internal level is called Atik Tanug. When new light emanates from Kessa, all the spheres are rejuvenated, as it were, and elevated. When new light when new light comes from Tanug, from Rodson, then all of the spheres of the intellect and the emotions <laughs> are rejuvenated and elevated. In our context, this is described as a new light. That's what the Rebbe Hashab and the Rebbe are explaining. That Hasidus is described as an or-chadash, a new light, a revelation of an aspect of God, hitherto concealed, and until now was concealed. A deeper insight vouchsafed to man. It's like what? Uh, does it match up that Ratzon is the head of the lower level and time Yeah, up? yeah do we say what the four worlds are you know, I'd say Lisbeth see you and I see mm-hmm. you those, okay. right I'm not going to go into that now but those are the four worlds yeah. all right, so that was like a, a, a blast of an introduction to to uh, everything that exists <laughs> just a, fo- a footnote of all existence <laughs> just a footnote everything is contained in that in that note <clears throat> if you listen l- last year in the yeshiva in, in the, uh, the, the, I gave shiurim on uh, just the, the whole time was really just the end. We, we moved a little bit to chachmah. It was all on, on this union of kesser, of Rodson and Tanuk, of, of Tanuk and Rodson. Tanuk and Rodson kesser, which is the which is which transcends and is the crossing over, from that which is unknowable to that which is knowable intellectually and emotionally within ourselves and and in creation. So see, this is an Orchadash. The Rebbe going to explain this much more. 18, ain't so. Literally infinite, endless. <coughs> the most absolute, infinite force of God, totally beyond description, knowledge, and comprehension. <coughs> Completely beyond any boundaries. The essence of God himself. The innermost aspect. Of the innermost level of Keser. as explained above, Keser is the intermediary between Eintov, between Einzow and spheres. This is called Radla Raada, the head or the beginning that is not known, and the flow downward from okay. that unknowable beginning, the ratio deada of God himself is through Tanug, rotson, and then and then Chachma Bin Adas, and so on. Keser, Arach Anpin, Atik, Atik Arach Anpin, and then downward through to the intellectual and emotional faculties. Radla, in footnote 19. Radla, a Kabbalistic term indicating the deepest and innermost level of the, of the essence of God, page 28, which is entirely unknowable not only because of its profundity, but because it is utterly beyond the realm of knowledge. Chesidus recognizes the bounds of intellect as innate. Intellect is a manifestation, a power of the soul, or a sphere of God, and is not essence. Essence transcends intellect. Thus, Ein-Sov transcends knowledge, because knowledge itself originates on a lower plane than God's Essence which was not the way that it, was believe, uh, that it was believed to be in the Rambam and many of the other Rishonim, and L'Havdil in uh, by non-Jewish philosophers, that the, it was understood that the essence is intellect. Chesidus teaches, Kabbalah as well, that the essence is not, hasidus, uh, is, not the, is not the intellect. Intellect itself originates on the lower plane than God's essence. The essence <clears throat> transcends. It's Reisha deLoves yad Radla. So, Chasid, as the Rabbi is, is teaching from the Rashab, is an or chadash, is a new light that is Nimshach, that Hashem illuminated into the world at that particular point in time, for reasons that we spoke about earlier, that comes from the highest, highest place of Radla and Rashad Re- Lavas through Tanug, through Tanug, through the Kesser Tanug, and Rodson. That's the Nakuda Atzmis of Hasidis. Now what that means exactly and how does that <coughs> how does that help us understand all of Hasidis, the Rabbi continues to explain. What has been stated above concerning Hasidis also applies in general to all parts of the Torah for the Torah encompasses all manner of perfection and quality to be found in the world. Generally, these virtues are divided, as illustrated in a man, as a miniature world, into the attributes of intellect and those of the emotions. Now, in regards to the latter, to moral behavior and good character, the laws and ethical precepts of Torah, contained, for example, in Pirkei Avis, are the epitome of goodness Mm. and truth. All other systems of morality, however... Which men by themselves have contrived, mixed together good and evil, truth and falsehood. And furthermore, the source of those portions of good that each one of the systems contains is an Torah. Any good that is in the that is in the in the, in the world, any good that is in the, that 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 could be found in the teachings of non-Torah philosophy, ethics and morals, all of that, all of that comes from the Torah. And all other systems, and all of these systems of morality is, of course, a mixture of good and evil, truth and falsehood. So all that is good, Lamoshal, and how and how a human being thinks, and how a human behaves, and so on, all of this, of course, is contained in, in the Torah itself, is taught in the Torah itself. That's why if you look at footnote 21 and 22... See Rabbi Avadi of Bartonur, the Rav, on Perk It's a very famous uh, Rav, where he explains why this Masechta of Perk begins with a statement that Moshe received the Torah from Sinai. The Rav explains that all of Perk Yavis, is all about the Venerable Haver, our moral behavior. That's what Perk is all about. We don't find that other Masechta begin with Moshe Kibotar from Sinai. Why doesn't Brachas begin or Shabbos or Ayur, or Zalchim, <clears throat> why don't they begin with Moshe Kibbatar Messinai? All, all of Torah comes from Moshe, from Sinai. Why is it that Davka begins with Moshe Kibbatar So the Rav explains that, that it begins with the statement that Moshe received the Torah from Sinai and why it details its transmission. While non Jews contrive their own ethical systems, because all ethical systems in the whole world, there are ethical systems of right and wrong, good and bad, but all of that comes from the human mind. All of them come from 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 men. They're they're made in this world, <coughs> but the ethics of the Jews, our ethics, are from Sinai. It's not that people got together and they thought this would be nice, this would be good. Therefore, Piku'is was the entire Mesechta is what the entire Mesechta is, the morals and ethics of 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 Yiddishkeit, really of the entire world. That's the whole Mesechta, The purpose of the Mesechta, Therefore, it begins with Moshe Kibal Torah that unlike the rest of the world, where morals and ethics, right and wrong, was contrived by human beings, was thought up in classrooms and laboratories and universities, and so on. And whatever good there is in any of that is taken from the Torah. The Torah itself, of course, is the source of our ethics and morals. Moshe Torah Mitzvina. It comes. It comes from from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 22. V'Hashem created the entire creation, lasos, to be worked with, fixed, completed, and perfected. As Chazal say in many places, <clears throat> after Adam's sin, a reading from the Tree of Knowledge, good and evil, formerly totally separate, emerged. Nothing is pure any longer. There is no good without evil, and vice versa. So everything that exists in the world now, to know the truth, to be able to sort out truth from falsehood, good and bad, and so on, that can only be through the Torah. The, back inside the text. There is a well-known story about <coughs> the Rebbe, the Rayats, which illustrates this point. On one of his journeys, he encountered several men who were arguing and expressing differing opinions about the relationship, page 30, of Torah to political systems, and debating with which system the Torah agreed. Does the Torah agree with communism? Does it agree with socialism? Does it agree with democracy? What with, with system does the Torah agree? Each one of them brought forth as proof a source from the Torah in support of his ideology. Because you could do that with anything in the world. You could, you could, you could bring uh, proofs from the Torah for for uh, for Trump or for Hillary. You know, for, for Bernie or for the rest of them. You could bring proofs. from there. anybody, anybody wants to prove something, he could prove from the Torah. And people have done that. The smarter the person, the more the more uh, uh, realistic it seems. Each one of them brought forth as a proof of source from the Torah in support of his ideology. When they asked the Rebbe, the Rayats, for his opinion on this question, he answered, since the Torah is the absolute perfection of truth and goodness, it contains within its, with, within itself all of the best ideas which one may find in all ideologies. <coughs> so whatever Nekudah of truth, whatever tiny point of truth that might be in, in one ideology, in this ideology or a larger percentage of truth that comes, let's say, in <coughs> democracy or whatever point of truth can be found in communism or socialism that point of truth and goodness comes from the Torah and the rest is Shekha This preeminent perfection superiority of the Torah applies not only to moral and political systems it's not only what's in Pekyovis it's not only moral systems of good and bad and political systems and so on, how to how to run the world, the Torah is furthermore the most elevated and supreme wisdom in relation to all sciences and systems of knowledge, as it is written, for it is your wisdom and understanding in the, in the eyes of the nations. It means all sciences, all systems of knowledge, everything, whatever is true and whatever is right and in all of those systems of science and knowledge comes from the Torah. And the rest is sheker. <coughs> Moreover, not only does the Torah encompass all perfection found within the world, therefore, if one studies, for instance, the Kabbalah of the Grah, in particular, the Gra, and more recently, the Leshem, all modern scientific ideas can Relati- can be can be seen in a relatively. <coughs> all, when I say all modern, meaning all that is true in modern science, can be seen in a, in a, in a relatively straightforward and easy way. It, particularly in the teachings of the Grah, and the Leshem from the whole base medrash of the Grah. All science, all modern science, all systems of knowledge, come from the Torah. Moreover, not only does the Torah encompass all perfection found within the world, but indeed, the entire vivifying and sustaining flow of life into the world, life itself, even into the supernal worlds, the higher worlds, depends upon one minute detail of the Torah. All comes from Torah. <speaking in Hebrew> Nevertheless, all of these profound attributes and superior virtues still do not constitute the essence of Torah. So all of these unbelievable attributes, all the truth in the world of moral, <coughs> all moral truths, all scientific truths, all knowledge, life itself, all of that comes all that comes from Torah. But all of that does not define the essence of Torah. Within ourselves also. All, the, all of our intellectual faculties, Chabad, and our emotions, everything... Uh, uh, everything comes um, uh, Everything comes from the soul, and yet it doesn't define the essence of the soul. It doesn't define the essence of the soul. The essence of the Torah is that it is completely united with the infinite light of the Ein Sov, which is enclosed within it in a perfect and total unity. Therefore, since all of the worlds are as absolute nothingness, in relation to the ein Sof, so are they also in relation to the Torah. And hence, in this light, it is no praise whatsoever to extol the Torah as the vivifying life force of all worlds. Even though that's pretty impressive, that the life of all worlds comes from the Torah, but that does not define the Torah. And therefore, it is no praise whatsoever to extol the Torah as the vivifying life force, the Chiyas of all worlds. Since they are reckoned as nothingness itself, compared to to the to where the Torah comes from which it's united with Ain Self itself. Rather rather by virtue of its quintessential point than the coup d'atzmas. What time is it, Six forty thirty five. Oh. Rather by virtue of its quintessential point which is its union with the infinite light of the Ain Self, the Torah automatically includes every kind of superior virtue and perfection found in the world, and by virtue of the same quintessential point in the Keter the Torah is also the world's vivifying flow of life, is the source of the Chiyus of all of life itself. Right, me hold that. I Have the pen for a second. What is the twirling? Twirling. What? It's twirling. It's twirling.